And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 208 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. Yeah! Hello, Tim. Hi. What's up? Making good dis- good life choices like spending your vacation podcasting yeah. with us. <laughs> this is podcast number four this. And it's and it's especially not fair for you since you're a ghost and a mute. Yeah, right? Right. right. <laughs> I don't I don't dare test my ghostness. For, no. <laughs> no. For fear of becoming a real ghost. Tim is spectral distance. Yes. yes. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. He will not come within six feet of the stream. Very nice. Don't cross the stream. Especially not if you're playing uh, the organ. Tr- <laughs> Yikes. That's how it became a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Very well, nice. how is everyone this? Can't, I mean, I guess I could complain, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. More ups than downs. Oh, th- yeah. This is the best week I have had in months. <laughs> nice. I have I have fresh brownies, freshly baked last night downstairs, and bourbon vanilla ice cream. I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm pretty good. I got clean carpets because I steam cleaned my carpets. So Brian is the most bored <laughs> of all of us. <laughs> Past the I should and into the... Well, fuck, I guess I am. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Mike and I moved our entire bar down into the game room and then are putting up shelves in the former bar to be a new pantry. So I feel that, Brian. Yeah. I am to the point of painting my garage floor. (gasps) (laughs) Nope, you win. (laughs) What color? (laughs) This, like, I think it's called Battleship Gray. Yeah, the same garage floor color, like in all garage floors. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only make one garage floor color. Nah, dude, I'm, they oh, make no, so they many. Don't. Oh no, are there options? Yeah, not, yeah. And I know I'm reminded of the episode of Frasier where Martin is oiling his recliner and spills just a little oil on the the ecru carpet, and Frasier and Niles proceed to have a five minute conversation about different shades of off white and a new color that's been discovered between eggshell and ecru. <laughs> Uh, no, I know this because our my fraternity, the room that we had our bar in, was uh, had a cement floor, mm-hmm. and we had to get a maroon epoxy paint for that floor. We repainted now, it. Yeah, how so many of you did it take to paint the floor maroon? Uh, enough pledges to get the job done. Wait, <laughs> I, the answer I was looking for was five. Oh, okay, so I could make a moves like Jagger. Got maroon five, yes. <laughs> They also have metallic and, and, are you listening? Are you listening? And holographic epoxy paint for your floor. <laughs> Guess what Jen's going to have. Okay, Jen, but not for the garage, because that's dangerous trying to park your car with a holographic floor. <laughs> <laughs> Just fall right through. Brian, that's a hologram. Oh, yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I was, it's like, 
You paint your floor holographic and all of a sudden it becomes a portal to somewhere. <laughs> Welcome to the Dreamatorium. Beautiful. Well, as we are gathered here today to discuss Rock Candy, I feel it is only fitting if I break out um, yes. the list I inexplicably possess of... Oh. Oh, no, wait, it is Hodgman. Yes, yes, do it. You know you know where this is going. Yep. Oh, yes. I have a list here of 700 hobo names. So if each of you will pick... Actually, there's an addendum in the back with 100 more. <laughs> so if each of you will pick a number between 1 and 700, oh. I will assign you your hobo name. I've read this in the back, and I tried to come up with my hobo name last night, and I absolutely could not. So this is much I more mean- effective. I mean, should I just pick 420 and be done? I expected that of Jen, but hey. yes. Hey, uh, man. Brian, congratulations. Don't narc. <laughs> I'm not narking. I just expected you to get there. <laughs> anyway, congratulations are in order. Dr. Zizmore. Oh, excellent. I'm okay with him doing that. Yeah. Who's next? I feel like I need to go with 369. Nice. <laughs> that is an excellent choice on your part. Marinated Alex Pons. <laughs> Wow. 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 Yeah. Jin, choose your poison, please. 147. Do we just call him Mary, though? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Somehow, Jin, in true Jin fashion, has found the most appropriate name out of 700, (laughs) Jethro the Pagan. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. Hold on. Wait. Can you see my shirt? All right. Uh, Brian, pick a number between zero and seven. Um, four. Tim, zero to nine. Seven. Jin, zero to nine. Five. And I will be Marilyn Soul Sen- Say No More. <laughs> Everybody got that. I mean, I have mine. I will forget yours. <laughs> I'm Doc. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that we have oh, handled boy. the addressing of the bows. <laughs> The addressing of the bows. Should should we tell everybody why we, we, we proceeded with this exercise, Alex? I mean, I said because we are gathered here to discuss Rock Candy Mountain. I feel like that was a pretty clear explanation. Okay, okay. It's true, it's true. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to John Hodgman for unwillingly, or at least unwittingly, contributing hobo. We are, in fact, discussing Rock Candy Mountain, an eight-issue miniseries written and drawn by Kyle Starks, colored by Chris Schweitzer. With design by Dylan Todd. Tim, I assume you have written a summary. I, you know, I actually thought about whether or not I should. You should have. I know, I know. <laughs> but no, I did not. You don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have, Tim, always, always. We don't have a Timmery? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I will know moving forward. Uh, would you like me to recap some of the story, though? Give you the sort of yep, general well, yeah. outline? So, yes. so now we a need picture. a Mary recap. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, this story is about a hobo named Jackson. Um, who we find out in the beginning has some some dealings with the devil and the friends that he makes along the way. <laughs> such a slim, yeah, such a slim, uh, and big sis, hundred cats, yeah, hundred cats. <laughs> um, I love hundred cats. Big sis yeah. might be my favorite though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it. I don't know how much we want to get into in order to come back from war and see his family. And that goes about as well as you think it does. So he's on his way to find the Rock Rock Candy Mountain so that he can be with his family. And it might be one of my favorite books ever. It's so good. Yeah, so uh, 
couple couple of things. One is um, so the deal that he makes with the devil specifically is to keep him alive through war, right? right. And get him back. Yeah. Um, and of course, the devil being the devil, he fulfills the letter of his obligation of the contract, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, there are big loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> but as the devil finds out. You have to use them correctly. So w- this basically starts out with 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 our, I guess, hero, our protagonist, Jackson, meeting up with this person who clearly has never ridden the rails, who he calls Slim, right? Or Pomona. Uh, yeah, uh, Hollywood we, Slim. We, Hollywood <laughs> Slim, yeah. We get, uh, we, yeah, who is from Pomona, Cal. So, and he is trying to get back to, is it Lexington, I think, Kentucky? Yes. Um. And Jackson basically, for whatever reason, decides to kind of take him under his wing and says that he'll get him there safely. And then we get in, then we start the story of what's really, of learning what's really going on with Jackson and what he's trying to accomplish. No one wants to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> um, I mean, I can keep going, but. <laughs> um, so the deal essentially that he made with the devil is that he cannot lose any fight against a single a single man so if in, as long as you know it is henchman rules where they come at him one at a time he cannot lose a fight um and he uses he uses that to his utmost advantage in that he picks situations where you know because of like physical constraints like hallways or whatever he can basically engage one person at a time and we find out later in the series that during the war, the way he gets through the war is he volunteers for a mission, essentially, where he's the one. It was actually him that went into the bunker and killed Hitler to end World War II. Uh, and then he gets sent home. With a magical spear. With a magical, with the spear of death, spear of Longinus, spear of destiny, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, Brittany Spears. Brittany, right, exactly. Um, and... Because of that, there are the government, essentially, in this case, the FBI is after him. Um, the, the, the head of the hobo mafia is also after him because he doesn't respect them. As, he doesn't basically acknowledge them as authority. Which, I mean, which, as he who points, can blame him? As he points out, isn't that kind of part of the definition of the hobo lifestyle is that you don't yeah, no boss. have to answer to anyone, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Also, you're some punk ass dude. Yeah. Whose daddy is rich and owns the rail lines. Right. Yeah. You privileged hobo motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. Um, privileged hobo motherfucker. Is that a hobo name? That <laughs> should be. It should be. Um, it's actually the name of a hobo ska band, <laughs> which is the name of a different hobo ska band. <laughs> Beautiful. Um. So he gets back from the war and is waiting at a train station, his family, and finds out that the train that was bringing his family there to meet him uh, was the biggest train wreck in the history of, like, I think it's Mississippi, and they died. Damn you, devil. Right. So he then takes up this mission to find Rock Candy Mountain, which is essentially... I guess we can stop briefly for a minute and go into what Rock Candy Mountain is. Jen, do you want to talk? Tell us about that. Well, I would have to do it in song. <laughs> I'm a, I'm okay with that. Well, there is no. no precedent for singing on this podcast, so there, I don't know how we could possibly handle. There that. is literally no. Well, there's almost no precedent for me singing on this podcast, so I will not be doing it. It's basically heaven. Um, it, it's 
if you go through like in the trades all the little separations between issues uh has various lyrics from the song big rock candy mountain um and it, it basically says you know all all the things that hobos are worried about they're not a problem anymore because the bulldogs all have rubber teeth and and all this other stuff it's a very nice place to live yeah or not it, live it is i it have is, it is a hobo version the- of flying spaghetti monsters heaven kind of where <laughs> yeah yeah everything's great I started to say I have the lyrics uh, for this in Hodgman's The Areas of My Expertise, but like everything else, the lyrics are made up and incorrect facts. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure The Breasts There Grow on Trees is not, in fact, an actual lyric (laughs) any more than The Tinder Crisp Bacon Cheddar Ranch. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a modernized version. Yes. Yeah. But essentially, uh, that's that's the thing is it's it's whatever whatever would make you happy is place. I mean, there's a land that's fair and bright where the handouts grow on bushes, and you sleep out every night where the box calls, cars all are empty, and the sun shines every day on the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees, the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Those are some of the lyrics. Yeah. So essentially, cigarette trees. I mean, right. In this case, it it is his heaven. So yeah. that's where his family is. That's where he's trying to get. Um, in order to do this, he must... So we, we find out that when he got back, he basically hid the spear um, because he didn't want to risk it being taken from him. Um, so he hid the spear. T- turns out where he hid it is a federal building now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, um, he needs the spear and he needs the location of... Rock Candy Mountain in order to open, to summon the train, the the spirit train that will take him there. But luckily he has this wonderful magic book that always points to the direction of Rock Candy Mountain. Uh, it is essentially a hobo book version of Jack Sparrow's Compass, yes. Yeah. Yeah. An analog Google Mac. Will. Indeed. So one of, one of kind of the side things that happens in this is part of the story, and really there's, there's probably five or six different kind of uh, you know, steps in this process of what he's going through. We have different scenes and settings and that kind of stuff. One of them that I truly love is there's this uh, underground fight club where where he is banned from because <laughs> because of his deal that he made. He never lost when he was there. And so eventually people quit betting because they knew he wouldn't lose. So the owner of the fight club kicked him out and banned him from coming back. <laughs> And what is his stage name as he returns to once again fight in the ring? Dognuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dognuts. Which is, but the real fun is, who is the new champion that he does fight? Hundred cats. Hundred cats. Which, one of my favorite explanations ever is when <laughs> Slim talks to him and he's like, why hundred cats? He's like, because it's a hundred cats. <laughs> That's like... 400 claws, or whatever it is. So that's like 2,000 pounds of cat. 2,000 pounds of cat. It's like, wow. It's just... That is a lot of cat. That is a lot of cat, man. Also terrifying. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they they purposely get thrown into prison because he needs to talk to somebody that's in there, uh, which is, I think, Tim's favorite character. Big Sis is great. Who is Big Sis, Tim? Big Sis uh, is basically what they, they, they called him, like, a, a pre-life John Henry, because he just keeps getting thrown back into prison just so he can break rocks. But um, uh, born missing an arm and 
uh, I guess has issues speaking, so speaks in sign language. But just probably the 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 most genuinely good character in the book. Mm-hmm. Making this the second week in a row we have talked about books with communication primarily in sign language at times. Uh, yeah. But uh, I would love to see more story with Hollywood sw- Slim and, and Big Sis and the hijinks that they would get into. Oh, and, hundred, yeah. and hundred cats. And hundred cats, yes. Yeah. The three of them hunting magic artifacts while trying to elude uh-huh. yeah. the FBI. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and the hobo mafia. Yeah. Who was his name? Um, Flimbo? The hobo mafia yeah. guy? Boss Flimbo? Yes. Yeah. Marion? Yeah, Marion. <laughs> Marion. <laughs> so, yeah, so essentially he needs all of his friends to help him break in and get the spear, which he eventually, you know, they are able to do. And then um, he takes the spirit train to uh, Rock Candy Mountain. And we all learn the valuable lesson that literally. The real hobo magic is the friends you made along the way. <laughs> exactly. Well, the other um, lesson that we learned is if you get the chance to punch the devil, you take it. Yeah. You take it. <laughs> it's also true. Well, the real fun is, so we see the devil just like, uh, we see him in various scenes kind of on, on the trail of Jackson. And we see him show up and just decimate, like explode heads and instantly burn people to a crisp and like all of these things, right? I love my favorite is when he's eating the chicken. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I love that like the majority of the time when he's killing these fools, he's like asking them questions and then he realizes, fuck, I just killed the last one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well shit. I should have left one alive. Yeah. But then he finally catches up with Jackson and that's when they both realize, oh wait. He's one man trying to fight Jackson. <laughs> and Jackson can't lose in a fight against one man. So he beats up the devil. I love it. It's like, oh, I've really fucked this up, haven't I? Which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Of course, his greatest weakness is Beyonce's all the single ladies. <laughs> yeah, we do have that. Some big Macbeth vibes right there. Oh, or uh, what is it? Return of the King? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because the wording is no one man can mm-hmm. he lose a fight to. Um, unfortunately, the FBI is being headed by assistant director. What is it, Barb? Babs Bordeaux. Babs Bordeaux. That's it. And and she is a badass. Oh yeah. <laughs> she might she might have the best line in the book too. The director didn't appoint me because he needed help picking out dresses. Because Hoover. <laughs> Hoover wore yeah. dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. The fight between Babs and Hunter was pretty fun. It that yeah. that oh is gosh. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, who I think they both end, end up eventually having a lot of respect yeah. for each yep. other. Yeah, essentially. But that is that is essentially this story is kind of learning some aspects of of what the hobo life is and following Jackson and the associates and friends that he makes on this quest to, you know, reunite him with his... Yeah, there's several reasons why I love this book. Um, Kyle Starks writes good stuff. Mm -hmm. But we talk about books where the art matches the sort of, like, theme and feeling of the book. And I don't know that there's a better one than this one. No. It it, it has this this feeling of, like, an old-school comic book, but it, it... I don't know. Just the level of the story and the way that it reads. It reads like an old school comic book, but it has a deeper story on just about every level. And I love it. It's perfect. And everybody should read it. There are there are parts of this um, that remind me a little bit just kind of how things are presented or the way the story's told. They remind me a little bit of like Shirtless Bear Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, just also just kind of like broadly sort of a Looney Tunes kind of. Yeah, oh, yeah. A, a, and, yeah, it's so it's 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 a bit bombastic. Yeah. yeah. And I love that like the art is like grungy and dirty looking, but it's also so pretty. It's like it really is like you're seeing a different perspective on the world. Like yeah. this is not how you're used to looking at this thing. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yep. And then the other thing that I love is the resolutions where, um, one, the, the the devil makes a comment to Slim that it, it doesn't matter if he gets there. All he's going to find there is in the darkness, right? Because of the fact that he made this deal with the devil, right? Right. Um, so one of the things is, yeah, when he gets there, that's all there is. There's literally just a whole panel of page of a whole page of panels with nothing but darkness. But then he finds a hobo sign that leads him to where his family is. And do you remember which hobo sign that was? Uh, it's, it's essentially, it was the, it's the, it's it was the, the one they show in the very first book. Yeah. Good road to follow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is his book that led him to Rock Candy Mountain. Um, he, it's left behind and Slim gets it and opens it up. And there's like all of these different artifacts, like the cloak of Freya and the boots of striding and like all of these things with arrows so that they will magically point to wherever these things are. So they now have this treasure compass book. Which again is absolutely why I need that book. <laughs> I, need, I need them going on the hunt for all these things. So that's why, that's why we talked about there, that would be a great series of slim and yeah. big sis and hundred cats following the treasure marks to find whatever yes i feel like that book would be wasted on me if i had it like i would just write things like donuts <laughs> this will lead you to donuts aim way and too low would, it, and it would point to your kitchen yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey look i have donuts awesome book thank you place to nap yeah exactly <laughs> that's like uh God, there was a book i read one time where somebody bought a uh, somebody was like down on his luck and his, his last bit of funds that he had he spent it on a magic stone that would point him to the the nearest money and of course he so he did it and he <laughs> bought it and of course almost always the nearest money is like a penny a lost penny or a lost nickel. oh i would think and it was whatever like, he already had in his pocket of a bitch. yeah <laughs> yep uh, it's great i, I just... love uh, w- I, one of the things i love in stories is monkey paw things yeah. where mm-hmm. you have to be careful what you wish for right because of the, the the limitations and the loopholes that are around them. Um, ask my kids. I, I torture them with those things when they ask me for things. <laughs> <laughs> they used to all the time, you know, when they were little, they would ask me. So they would, like, want to play a game on my phone. And so they would ask me, Dad, can I have your phone? Sure. And I'd give them my phone, but it would still be locked. <laughs> those kind of things. Um, because, yes, I am an asshole. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I love stories that have that, and this definitely does. So that was a, that was a good thing. Yeah, but you got to be careful with those because then you end up with Peter Parker not married to Mary Jane. So, Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> Alex is like, shut up, don't, don't. <laughs> Actually, that was me doing my best not to sing Les Miserables at you. But... <laughs> One day more. But since I brought it up. A beautiful, beautiful book. A wonderful story, and this honestly—it's eight issues. Um, if you're looking for something that that is a quick read, yeah. you can finish this in two to three hours. An hour? I was gonna say oh. at, at very leisurely pace, two to three hours. Yes. Yeah. Like even if you're not a quick reader, you know what yeah. else this made me drag out, right? What? I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it yet. It'll probably happen today. Was Sex Castle? 
Oh, yeah. Sex Castle is oh, yeah. so good. I have to finish that at some point. It's fun. Pro- I need to finish that. I also still need to do Assassination. Yeah. Oh, yes. Fuck yeah. yes. Assassination is so good. Yeah. It is so good. Oh, we should just talk about that right now. Oh, wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if we thought this one through, we would have handled this one as like a double feature. Yeah. Yeah, because this is, again, it's a really short read, so there's... I've only read probably the first two issues of Assassination. I haven't gone back to it. Oh, my God. I haven't even started it. I haven't read any of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure it started in one of those phases where I had, like, 110 books on my pull list. Ew. Yeah. Well, I I read the first two issues of Single, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up the trade when this comes out. And I might even have the trade. Tim, it's very you. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Anything Kyle, else? Kyle on? Starks gets me. Yeah. 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 I will also say, as someone who has moderated him on a panel, he'll like. Yeah. He is a delight, and I really hope I don't still owe him $15. Everybody go buy his books. Every. Uh, you, you, you do not, Jen. We t- we've talked this through like three times. <sighs> Every time that I've uh, I've met him at a panel, um, he's been super great to talk to. He, he, he is a person who genuinely enjoys his fans well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I loved it. Yep. High recommends for me. Also, Chris Schweizer is a fucking delight, too. I haven't met him. I have not either. I met him at DragonCon a few years ago. He bought, like, a bunch of his stuff. <laughs> which is, that's the stuff that's hanging in my game room. Like, the Supernatural poster and the Haunt, or the Lando poster. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we should talk about the colors in this, because it it tends to be a pretty muted, restricted palette. But there is still a lot of warmth and contrast of tone. Really, really Yeah. All of the background action seems to be, like, these really light, like, pastels, lemony yellows, and all this other stuff. Yeah, I love any time he's drawing, like, dust. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that sort of golden hour descending into twilight kind of light is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And whenever the devil shows up, things turn red. Yeah. Red and like neons uh-huh. and all that other stuff. It's so good. It's so, so good. This book is so good. If, uh, I liked it. If you got the individual issues, I, I will say that I feel like the trades are absolutely missing the back matter in the individual issues because it had like all this hobo lore and history and stuff like that with it. And it was just, it was just so good. It was just so good. Yeah, like there's one that that talks about what the spear of Longinus. Mm-hmm. There's one that talks about um, like hobo signs and mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's also kind of useful. Like it's it's not required obviously for the book, but it is kind of useful. Yeah, and like there was the history of hobos and hobos versus tramps and vagrants and stuff like that. Yep, so good. I. I think listening to you talk about the single issues on Panology was the reason that I put this up. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Alex, I, I do have a quote of the week. Brian's oh. quote of the week. <laughs> it, is from, quote. <laughs> it is from issue number five, which is the issue that kind of gives his backstory during the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he comes back from the war and, um, you know, starts you know, loses his family and that whole thing and essentially gets jumped by a bunch of people at one time. So it's not just like one person and gets, you know, knocked out or whatever. And this is where he comes to and is being, um, uh, you, you know, cared for by these two hobos 
who kind of bring him into that life or whatever. But when he first wakes up, he's like, where am I? What happened? And the guy looks at him and says, it looks like you done come down with a case of the got fucked up, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, you picked the most me line in the entire book. <laughs> I'm fairly yeah, certain I, I have said that to people. I I do not think we have really uh, uh, investigated yet how much of a gin book this is. Oh, yeah, this is this is a in the same way in in kind of the same way as Redneck, but more like. Saturday morning cartoon version of Jin's world, maybe? <laughs> if there yeah. was, like, never do this. It will not be interesting or fun. But if there was ever a comic book that was based on me, it would need to be co-written by Donny Cates and Cal Starks. <laughs> oh, my because God. Because they just have, like, Donny Cates has my life down and Kyle Starks has my voice down completely. So plot by Cates, script by Starks? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yep, see, now all yeah. I can see is a sitcom. Uh, my two dads situation. My two gins? No, you would be the daughter. And okay. Donny Cates and Kyle Starks would be raising. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's going to get real awkward real fast. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> now showing on Pornhub. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's weird. HBO bought a sitcom. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. That, that, that $15 is going to mean a whole lot different now. <laughs> also, I'm sorry if either of you are listening and that just made it very awkward. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not. <laughs> How did she make it weird oh. from a thousand miles away? <laughs> Social distancing awkwardness champion. <laughs> the student has become the master. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh. Well, speaking of things, Brian, oh, wait, do what? No, it's, I was just going to like talk about how amazing all of the sound effects are in this. I'm a sound <laughs> effects nerd. Yeah, you are. Yes. <laughs> Have you figured that out yet? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite was wrecked. Uh, wrecked. Mine was absolutely fucked. <laughs> yeah. yes. Mine was smooch. <laughs> smooch. He goes to punch him and... And he just kisses his fist, and it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Smooch. With the little heart. Don't forget the little oh, heart. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. Frank's right up there with Bear Punch. Bear Punch. Falcon Punch. And those wonderful, wonderful uh, four kids on a bank sound effects. Yeah. Oh, Pizza! Yeah. <laughs> the, what was the one, Sabaro? Sabaro! That was it. That was it. So, that still might be the all time grand champion of, of sound effects for me. Uh, beautiful. I, this this oh. one, does, like, they do okay, use on, sound effects really well in this because they'll just often say the word and you know what that sounds like. You yes. know. Yeah. Like, tug. When he's t- tying up his bindle. Hey. You know what okay. that's going to sound like. Not sure what caused that, but I didn't, the recording didn't drop. So. <laughs> what happened? I, I missed it. I was talking. Yeah, my Chrome just shut down. Oh. Okay. Yep. Oh, no. It's back now. But, but you're back. Yep. Um. Yeah, well, while he is fighting Nazis in Germany, all the sound effects along with the dialogue are in German. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I also like that. That killed me. All right. Anything else on Rock Candy Mountain? Is good book. So. Go get book. Is yeah. good book. <laughs> All the recommends. Yeah, just absolutely. And now I need to go read they Assassination even, like I'm going to do. They even made Rock Candy Mountain references on DuckTales that I was catching up on this week. I was like, 
Oh yeah, I should stop and stop watching DuckTales and start reading this comic for <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, thanks, Dewey. I want to mm. think that they were referencing the book as well as the song. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Brian. Yes, sir. You know what time it is. I do. It's the Long Box Book Report. It's the Long Box Book Report. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so remind remind us all what you read this week. So I read E-Comics 45, which is Superman and Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Um, for those of you not familiar, DC Comics Represents was, I think it ended up being like 99 issues. And it was always Superman and somebody. So it was the Superman team-up book. They were almost all, there were a few exceptions, but they were almost all throwaway stories. <laughs> well, that's that good. had no impact on anything and didn't matter at all. <laughs> DC presents this useless shit. <laughs> <laughs> this issue in particular was written by Jerry Conway. Was The penciler was Richard F. Buckler and Bob Smith. Uh, it came out, uh, had a cover date of May 1982. Um and this is essentially Superman uh, stopping a spy from getting away uh, who was stealing American secrets. Um, and uh, Superman, like, flies through the the aircraft that he's in, which is like a Air Force jet that he's getting away in because this guy was in the Air Force. Um, and the guy, like, bails out and Superman uses his breath to blow him towards hey, a... Now. U.S. carrier, so that he will get picked up by a carrier instead of being safe. Well, as part of that, uh, as he's in, uh, why Superman just didn't like grab him and carry him there? I'm not quite sure, but decided that he needed to blow the parachute that way. Social um, distancing, <laughs> I, clearly. Um, but I mean, he is breathing on him, so I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> but of course, the guy gets hit by a lightning bolt as he parachuting towards the thing. So Superman ends up having to catch him and carry him there anyway. <laughs> okay, go comics. Could have cut out the middleman uh, here, I think. Then we switch. Wait a minute, we need to fill four more pages. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, hey, Wait, su- I know. Hey, Superman, blow this guy. Then we switch to... Um, <laughs> well, as- Man of Steel, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> go, go right uh, Yeah, go ahead. What you got there, Tim? Uh, nothing, just... Oh, okay. So then we get... Uh, okay. And this is a particular problem in this issue. We get a a editor note, you know, like a comment panel that says, cut to a later time, a different place. Remember the little editor panel that says cut to. Uh, and <laughs> another hero, Firestorm. So it's later. And Firestorm returns from, you know, we just see him returning from whatever he had been doing. And he goes in and splits into Professor Stein and Ray- Ronnie Raymond. And then they come in and arrest Professor Stein because it turns out that this spy who had these things worked with Professor Stein. So they think maybe he's a spy and, you know, is going to be arrested for treason. Okay, that night, so essentially another cut to, we see Ronnie trying to play basketball after Stein's been arrested. And Ronnie has witnessed this. Um, but he's really sucking at playing basketball because he's worried about his friend and <laughs> like, <laughs> great. So after the game, he changes into Firestorm and goes to find Superman since Superman captured this spy and, um, you know, maybe he can help him. So he goes to find and he says, you know, oh, uh, Superman told me if I ever needed to get a hold of him, I should track down this reporter named Clark Kent. So he goes to find Clark Kent. 
who reveals that he's Superman, because since Firestorm's now in the Justice League, he has the right to know Superman's secret identity. Go okay. 80s comics. Okay. <laughs> They actually printed it for a while on the back of the Justice League membership card. <laughs> on the front, it was your photo and your code name and, you know, height, weight, eye color. Are you an organ donor? On the back, it just says, Clark Kent is Superman with a little picture of Batman going, shh. <laughs> now I need this. Can this what be merch? Really, we need this as merch. Really love is Superman's card, which says organ donor, yes, but in parentheses it says, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Organ donor. <laughs> Shit gonna get weird. Um, but you need a kryptonite scalpel. Right, yes, exactly. So he gets a hold of Superman, and they're like, okay, yeah, let's go find out what's going on with this guy. So they fly out to where uh, this Superman left him on this cruise ship, who was, which is heading back towards America. But, you know, why Superman just didn't carry him all the way back to the U.S. for process? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> we don't ask questions like that. So... In the meantime, this weird thing has happened where all of the electronics on the ship have gone haywire, and these two aircraft jets take off by themselves with no pilot uh, and fire nuclear missiles at, at Superman, who explodes them and then rushes water up to catch the fallout and freezes it and throws the fallout into space. Okay. Thanks, thanks Supes. Um, and we find out the problem is this person that got struck by lightning, all of the top-secret technology stuff that he had with him fused with him and now would you like to, okay, I, if i give you his if i give you this person's name it will give away the villain name but i'm gonna do it are you ready jen yeah the spy's name is christopher cross <laughs> there's the look there's the face <laughs> jen, jen has taken off her headphones Put them down and, and walked away. So, <laughs> oh, that is that is everything I could have hoped for. So, yes, that's right. He says, "Superman, you'll remember, but you'll you may not remember me, but you'll remember Chris Cross." Damn it! I thought you were gonna say Millie Vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> Jen is just gone. She just oh, wait, she just left wait. to go put her pants on backwards. <laughs> Hey there, Jen. No. No. <laughs> yes, that's right. Superman will never forget the name Criss Cross. Uh, oh, by the way, with K's. Criss Cross. With K's. Uh, um, so, re remember that whole thing I said about the problem with the cut to? Yes. Because a couple of pages of this fight, Firestorm is up in orbit trying to deal with... Um, so... Chris Cross Superman is, having lodged a bunch of oh, no. radioactive ice in the oh, air? No. no. Uh, Chris Cross has tapped into a network of satellites, which is providing him a bun a po enough power to be able to fight. So Firestorm is up trying to deal with this network of Chris Cross draining satellites or something. I don't exactly know how this is all supposed to work. Um, Please, Brian. The technical <laughs> term is Criss Cross applesauce. <laughs> But Worth literally, it. literally, we get to a page where <clears throat> Firestorm is up in space, and he's like, you should break the network. This is Stein talking to him. Break the network, Ronald, and pray we're not too late. An arrow pointing to the next panel, which is the most obvious. Like, literally, it is, you know, one row down and over to the left. So it's the panel you would go to anyway when reading comics. But we get a cut to the arrow. We have... I I need to ask a question. When when did when did Ronnie and Stein get back together? 
How is oh, Stein talking to Ronnie? Oh, well, because well, Ronnie, after his basketball game that he couldn't play very well, he went out and summoned Firestorm, which just brought Professor to him <laughs> as oh, part of okay. Firestorm. Right, yeah. Follow-up question. Not Well, not so much follow-up. Second question uh-huh. before we get too far away from it. And sure. Tim, you might be able to weigh in on this one, too. Okay. Were physics different in 1982? Did you have, like, wireless electricity transmission between satellites? Well, it's this crisscross, like, energy beam that's connecting them somehow. Oh, okay. It's part of his power. Based on all of the media that I've consumed from, uh, we'll say, around 1982, (laughs) yes, physics did not work (laughs) nearly the same as they do now. They did not work. They did not work the same in the 80s. Yes. There's an important difference. I've seen the hair. It didn't work the same in the 80s at all. It was basically the physics Wild West. I really want to learn, and maybe this is just, I don't know, a TV show that needs to exist. What cataclysm happened between 1982 (laughs) and 1987 that rewrote, rewrote the rules of physics in the world in such mundane ways? Well, I don't know, but these satellites that are connected to each other are so close in this picture that they would totally crash into each other if they were ever this close in real life. So it doesn't matter. Oh, so we get this wonderful, wonderful editor note cut to arrow that points to the obvious next panel anyway. And then we have two, literally two panels of Superman punching Chris Cross and getting punched by him. Then we turn the page and have a cut to back to Firestorm for one panel, then another cut to... And back to Superman for one panel, then another cut to with Ronnie in space again, followed by a cut to back to Superman. What fucking monster. There is literally four of these in four four consecutive panels. Oh my fucking God. Good God, man. But (laughs) don't ever do this. You know, that's all I can see like. Oh, and this this Google Hangout right now is every time it jumps to another face, that's all a little cut to. Cut to. Cut to. <laughs> I'm just going to paste a cut to right here. And then, and then we have the, so, so then Superman punches him one time and it's over. Um, we, then we, and we cut. One to, punch man. <laughs> we cut Alex, to Alex last... just got his head in his hands like, please make it end. <laughs> oh my Why did God. we bring this segment back? <laughs> Oh, um, by the way, after that one punch, we get a cut to the Concordance Research uh, Building in New York City, uh, not long thereafter. And so, of course, Stein, right, when Ronnie – I'm glad you brought this up, Alex, because when, when he summoned Firestorm, Stein just disappeared from federal custody. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? How did he get out? What, what happened? And then Firestorm goes back and tells Superman, hey, watch this. If you want to talk about calm and collected, watch this. And he changes, he just he comes apart, and so Stein is there, and the guy's like, oh, Stein, but how, when, when, who, how, what, where, what? And Superman thinks it's the funniest and just starts laughing. <laughs> I'm like, wow, the 80s Superman really bad known, <laughs> Superman, known fan of gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the 80s. That's it. That's the end of this book. My you know, God. I felt a little bad when I made that joke about DC Presents this shit. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them, I mean, they really were. Some of them were truly, truly this this wonderful. If DC were a cat, this is the dead bird it leaves on your desk. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. All right, Alex and Jen. Who's on? Hey, Tim. Tim, are you hey, going to be with us next week? <laughs> are you recording with us next week? Uh, I can. I'm still oh. on vacation. <laughs>
So Tim just volunteered to do the log box for next week. <laughs> Did you not know where that was going, Tim? You walked into yeah, it. We're still rolling a die. Come on. I should have no, listened think... to the Oracle thermostat that is... I, I don't think we should deny Tim this joy. I've never Tim done has one. never had yeah. the opportunity to <gasps> oh, do shit. a Oh, shit. Okay, before. yeah. No, never mind. Yeah, absolutely you can do this. <laughs> Tim, are you familiar with our revised long box? Uh, there was, what, 12,000 books and... Uh, Brian will pick yeah. two and you'll get to choose. Yes, yes. If you don't want to choose either, there is a let's make a deal style door number three option... I know what is behind it, but no one else does. Yeah, never taking that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Tim? But it was gifted to us by a listener. We're coming back with the two random choices. I, I, I'm yeah. going to let you know what they are. Okay. So we have Action Comics, volume number 623. Okay. From October of 1988. October, got it. Or... Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, number 274, from March of 1990. Oh, I think I'd have to Ooh. go with the 91 X-Men. Uh, yeah. Uncanny X-Men 274. All right, I'm going to take a quick look. quick look at and see what we have here. <laughs> oh, this is uh mm-hmm. this is this is gonna be good. This is a this is a Claremont uh penciler was Jim Lee, so this is a Claremont Lee book. Oh right shit, here. you yeah. got a good one. Yeah. Fuck. That would had to be Claremont Lee, but ninety one, no way it was. Alright, I don't know, but oh this has got Rogue from her with her Savage Land outfit, so basically non existent and Nick Fury Shield. Kazar and Magneto on the cover. Nice. Yeah. That's not fair. That's that's not fair. If if you don't have access to this somehow, let me know and I will drop this. uh, I will drop it it over where you can get it. 274? Uh, 274. Okay. Any X Men 274. All right. I'm looking it up on Comixology. It's there. All right. From 1991? Yeah. It's Uncanny X Men, not X Men. Yeah. Lots of naming shenanigans with the Marvel X books. Yeah. I also. That means I'll also have to get my hands on Black Hammer, which I've been wanting to read anyway, so. It's, we should look forward to it. Nope, I don't see it on here. Okay. Surprising. All right. Anything else? Not for me. Nope. Well, as Tim has just spoiled, next week we will be reading Black Hammer. Um, we are looking at the first series, specifically the issues that were collected in trade. That's 1 through 11 and 13. Uh, 12 actually kind of goes with one of the other miniseries. Yeah. Um, script is by Jeff Lemire. Art is by Dean Ormston and Dave David Rubin. Probably that's David Rubin. I'm going to take another swing. Script is by Jeff Lemire. Art is by Dean Ormston and David Rubin. Colors are by Dave Stewart and David Rubin. Letters are by Todd Klein and, you guessed it, David Rubin. <laughs> MVP right there. Um, yeah, this I can't wait. This is going to be fun to talk. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash panelology. Buy merch at bit.ly slash panelologymerch, capital P, capital M. Or write into the panelology mailbag at bit.ly slash panelology mailbag capital p capital m i did not check that this morning so i'm gonna do that now do it nope nothing cool we're safe people should write into us <laughs> anybody want to plug anything yeah i got stuff tim where can people find you <laughs> uh 
the I believe it'll be out by this time, but the latest episode of Judging Book Oh no, it's already out now. The latest episode of Judging Book Covers. Um uh Mine's at Yerk as always. And some fun stuff coming up from Haunted Griffin on the Ghost of Griffin. Nice. Yep. Cool. Very nice. I'm Marilyn Soul <laughs> Say No More. I'm Jethro the Pagan. I'm Dr. Z- Zizaz. I think it was. I don't marinated. I've, I've been a marinated Alex Pond. Is that right? Pons. Pons. P-O-N-S. Pons. Marinated Pons. Alex Pons. Okay. All right. You know what? Go read comics, specifically some Black Hammer for Nick.